what does it mean to really get clarity on our goals? How can we know that what we're working towards is really going to make us feel fulfilled and is really worth the energy that we're pouring in? So I decided to reach out to someone who helps people get clarity as their job. In this episode, I chatted with Laura Agulvie-Jones, who is an associate certified coach. She specializes in coaching individuals and groups to help them get unstuck, to find purpose, clarity, and fulfillment both in and out of work so that they reach their goals and their ambitions faster and are happy and more purposeful in work and life. If that sounds like the kind of energy that you want to bring to 2023, then get excited because Laura not only shares with us what it's like to work with a life coach and what you can expect if you decide that you'd like to work with a life coach this year, but she also gives us all her best tips on setting goals that are clear and have direction so that you can show up for yourself with joy, but also bring that great sense of self-compassion when you don't reach those goals, or maybe when you realize what you thought was your goal isn't actually your goal. If you're ready to get clarity on where you want to go in 2023 and beyond, then this episode is definitely for you. My name's Laura, a teacher turned creator, but you can think of me like your new internet big sister. And each episode of Fill Up Your Cup, like a deep and meaningful conversation from a friend who never wants you to feel alone in what you're going through. Whether your confidence cup is dried up or your self-love cup is looking a little closer to empty than full, I'm gonna teach you how to add more feel goodness back into your different cups and as a result, your life. So pop in your headphones, cozy up with a warm cup of tea or whatever takes your fancy and let me troubleshoot your problems with you because together and with the right mindset we can face anything Welcome to the podcast, Laura, another Laura. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you. I'm so excited for our conversation today and to share with our listeners a little bit about the world of coaching, because Mm -hmm. maybe there's someone out there who's curious about that. Maybe there's someone who has that on their to-do list or their wish list for 2023 and Hopefully you're going to be able to shed a little bit more light on the world of coaching for us all to help us better understand the role of what you do in your work. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, well, let's start there. Let's start with the basics for someone who doesn't know what coaching is in terms of outside of the sports world as well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What is your role as a coach? What does a coach do? when it comes to like life coaching, when someone comes to do a session with you? Yes. So, well, I'm an ICF accredited coach. So they kind of stipulate what coaching is and isn't. So I guess my whole concept of what coaching is, is derived from that. Um, Because there are 
lots of different definitions if you were to look up a coach and lots of different people say they do different things so I think actually it can be quite confusing so when I'm starting a conversation with a new potential client that's one of the first things that we do is talk about what it actually is and what it isn't I think as well so um, often one of the things that we call ourselves is thinking partners and I always think that's a nice concept is like this kind of space that we create where you can just download all your thoughts We'll look at them together, make some sense about them, get some clarity around them, and then come up with an action plan. But it, essentially, the I think it's sometimes easier to distinguish the difference between what coaching is, mentoring, and counselling, because those that tend to be the, the kind of things that overlap. Mm-hmm. So mentoring, um, um, which can often get very confused with coaching, that is when you go to someone, a mentor, who is kind of like a wise old owl. There's someone who's been there, done it, got the T-shirt, um, and they they provide you with information. So you have a question about something, and obviously it could be in any industry, in any field, whatever it is, a knowledge gap that you have, and you go to that person and say, right, in your experience, in your wisdom, your insight, what advice would you have for me on this thing? And that's exactly it. So they've kind of been there, done it, got the t-shirt, so they can say, well, in my experience, I think you should do this, this. Mm-hmm. So it's really useful, but it's what we call quite transactional, as in You've got a question, they've got an answer. That's mentoring. More close-ended as well. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Coaching is probably slightly more um, aligned to counselling, but they are also different, or therapy. The similarity is that as a coach, I will act as a mirror for someone. So the idea is the person that I'm working with has everything they need within themselves to get to somewhere they want to get to. It's just that they're a bit stuck. So I help them get unstuck and help them get to that place they want to get to faster, more effectively, more efficiently. The difference is that um, a counsellor or therapist tends to go into someone's past and into their history and try and get to the root cause of something that's holding them back. Whereas a coach is a different direction. It's about moving forwards. It's about, okay, you're here today. This is where you want to be at some point in the future. How, How can we bridge that gap? How can you get to that point? The other bit that is really valuable bit that I just mentioned before is the accountability piece for the coach. So Rather than having a nice chat in a coaching session and just saying, oh, that was lovely. Let's talk. This, this thing. The, the question I always ask is, OK, what do you want to do about it? You know, what what are you going to take away from this? What actions are you going to set yourself to do? Um, and that isn't me sort of being like um, a teacher telling somebody off for not doing their homework, obviously. <laughs> you know, the idea would be they set themselves their actions and goals and things they want to achieve. But I'm there as a kind of accountability buddy in that process, too. So there's three things that I do is I guide someone. So that's about walking with them, but mm-hmm. not telling them what to do. The second thing is to encourage someone. So that's about keeping them motivated, you know, particularly when there might be lots of different routes forward for them. There's not necessarily just one thing. So it's about keeping them motivated. And then the third thing is to challenge someone. So it's my role really to push someone outside their comfort zone to help them get um kind of maybe beyond some of those things that they're telling themselves they can't you know like I'm not good enough for that or I can't do this whatever so you know get beyond some of those and then also get below the surface you know kind of bigger picture thing around what's your purpose you know your vision your values that kind of stuff as well I love what you said about it being like a thinking buddy because I feel like a lot of us struggle with that self-reflection and having an understanding of how to take that self-reflection and not letting it go to a place of self-criticism rather than 
Um, how can I learn from this? How can I move forward yeah. from this? You explained that really, really well, because one of the things that I was really surprised about with coaching when I um, did a little bit of learning around it from my teaching background was how much you are a mirror or a soundboard and how much you have to like step back and not give that advice like a mentor. Would you say that that's a, a common misconception that people have about working with a coach, expecting that they'll get the answers from you? Or like what other common misconceptions have you seen about the field of coaching when people come to work with you? Exactly that. You know, I think if you know they sometimes people just want someone to tell them what to do you know and that's fine you know and there will be someone probably who can give them advice coaching goes a lot deeper than that and it's a lot more powerful and it's also well more empowering and it's usually more sustainable as well because the Mm -hmm. idea is is that you're helping someone help themselves in a way so you know the premise is the person I work with has everything they need with themselves. You know, this kind of feeling that, you know, each client is creative, resourceful and whole. You know, it's just that they're stuck. So they just need help unlocking some of this, these things. So, yes, definitely. That's one of the misconceptions of coaching is someone is just going to tell you what to do. And I think the problem with coaching sometimes is that it's an unregulated industry. So you will get some coaches. And I know because I spoke to some who say, yeah, just tell my everybody, you know, this is what they need to do. And I'm like, oh, gosh, well, Mm. that I mean, that certainly doesn't sit with the ICF, their code of conduct and ethics and all of that anyway. But actually, that can be really unhelpful. If someone tells you, and I say to you, right, Laura, I think this is what you need to do to, you know, make your business very successful, you can decide whether you want to take that on board or not. If you do take it on board, that advice, and it goes wrong, then you always say, well, Laura told me to do that, you know, yeah, so it's that kind of you're not taking ownership of that yourself it's not empowering in any way whereas if if we figure this thing out together and you come up with the plan and the way forwards and yes of course I can give you little bits of toolkit and help and you know whatever along the way actually that is much much better long term because then you'd be like oh I figured that thing out for myself therefore I can do this this and this Yeah, I think it also plays into that like resilience thing. We talked about this a little bit when we did our Instagram live last year, because I think something I've noticed in the last two years, especially is that people's resilience is really shot, basically. Mm. And when faced with challenges, a lot of people are like, no, I can't do this anymore, giving up. And I feel like with that that coaching scenario, at first, it can feel uncomfortable when someone doesn't give you the answers but it can really help you develop that resilience when you have to dig deep and find the answers. And when that answer isn't the right answer to actually go, okay, well, maybe there's another answer in here. And to go through that process of come up with an idea, try it out, see if it works, reflect on what worked, what didn't, and and move on from there. Yeah, totally. And I think you're absolutely right with that. I think sometimes as well, people will just want to often... And I don't know if that's more common these days, but they just want a quick fix as in just yeah. give me one way, one route, one answer. Well, life isn't like that. You know, we're all living in this kind of messy middle bit. <laughs> and actually that, you know, coaching is exactly the same. It's about there's not necessarily one answer. And yes, of course, you could try that thing. But then if it doesn't work, that's that's actually really useful information itself. You know, what went wrong? What, you know, what could you do differently, et cetera? And then talking about another thing that sort of um, sometimes people have misconceptions about coaching 
is that not only is it just a quick fix, but that um, they can just sort of engage with it on a surface wise level, as in, you know, I'll just I'll just do this thing because somebody said it's good and I'll just tick a few boxes. But actually, it is a process that the more you put in, the more you're going to get out, obviously. Um, it's not just like, um, you know, I'll listen to a podcast and then boom, <laughs> you know, it, it involves more than that, obviously. More about like diving deep, getting to know yourself, getting to know your own potential as well. I think there's a lot of people who are afraid of that work as well, because it is scary to to dive in and to to trust yourself to do those things outside the comfort zone. I mean, it's called the comfort yeah. zone for a reason. It is uncomfortable to go outside it, but there's so much that can come from going outside it. And also we can learn so much about ourselves. Sometimes it's like discovering the thing you thought you wanted in life is not actually the thing you want, but you've totally. discovered something else because you took that step outside the comfort zone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It pretty much nailed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for our listeners who, again, are new to coaching, who've never experienced it, what is a typical coaching session structured like? What could someone expect from a coaching session, especially with a new client? What does that kind of look like? So for a new client, well, the first bit is the discovery call. And that probably is one of the most important bits in the whole process, because that's when it's an opportunity for that person to tell me where they are, you know, in and what, what help it is they're looking for really as well, because actually it might not be coaching, you know, it might be something else that they need. So it's really important that we kind of, you know, they kind of open up a bit and say, okay, this is where I am at the moment. This is what I'm not happy with. And this is what I really want to get out of coaching, ideally. Um, and then what I do is I explain then the process. So I go through that bit that we talked about in terms of what coaching is, what it isn't, um, and also what, you know, what my role will be in that process too. Um, and then before they get to session one, they I get them to do sort of like an almost a bit of a assessment of where they are right now. So and I can't remember if we talked about this before. Have you you've done a wheel of life before, haven't you? Or did we talk about that? Or maybe yes, we have we did talk we about did. that, but I yeah. think that that's a really interesting concept. So do explain it for our listeners yeah. who've never done a wheel of life before or know what it is. What is yeah, wheel sure. Of life? So it's it's basically a circle. It's split up into eight different sections, and each section has some different words in it. So one might be um, work and career, one might be money and finance, one might be relationships, etc. So within those eight sections, it basically covers your whole life. And the idea is you rate yourself from zero to ten for each section, depending on how satisfied or how fulfilled you feel in that part of your life. So it's just you kind of do it by gut instinct. It's not, you know, anything scientific, really. Um, but it gives you a nice quick snapshot. What's going on with me right now? How do I feel about all these different parts of my life? And it's always fascinating when someone sees it. I think it's visual in a wheel because you kind of draw the lines on like spokes. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you then join up the points to see like the shape of a star and you see your outliers yeah. and your inliers. And it's like really interesting to see it is. where the, the balance and the lack of balance might totally. be. Yeah. And that's the biggest highlight. And so when I start that first session, they would have already completed the wheel of life. They bring it into the session. And I, the first question I ask them is, you know, which section jumps out at you? And normally people pick the one or the few that are the lowest scores, to be honest with you. 
um, because they're normally the most sort of shocking. Like, as in, you know, if you've got something that's a nine or a 10 out of 10, you're feeling great about that part of your life. And then you've got something else that's like a one or a two. <laughs> that's quite a big difference there. Yeah. So essentially, I will just ask them lots of questions about that to begin with in that first session. As in, you know, and again, this is me just getting to open up. So I'm asking lots of questions. And that's really what the, the core bit of coaching is. I'm listening as well to how they respond to questions, maybe words they use, maybe their intonation, even their body language. I mean, body language is fascinating, um, you know, because somebody might be saying, yeah, I feel totally fine about this thing, but their face and their body is saying something completely different. Um, and then I will reflect some of that back to them as well and sort of summarize some of the, what they're saying, point out maybe, maybe we've well, just used that word confidence like five times in the last five minutes did you notice that and they're like oh no I didn't you know <laughs> so it's getting them to get a real kind of almost like a reality check what's going on for me right now and then what we do is we kind of zoom out from that and we go to the big picture stuff okay so we've done a reality check where you are now let's look at where you actually want to be which is obviously different to that so I do a little visualization so that's just getting them we just do a little breathing exercise then I get them to close their eyes and get them to um, imagine themselves in 12 months ahead when their emotional well-being feels amazing. And actually, it is fascinating what they come up with in that, because, you know, it might be that they think it's about their career or their job, and that yet the image that comes to mind is something totally unrelated to that. But actually, what we're really honing in on is not necessarily what the image is about, even though that's always really interesting. It's actually what we're looking at is how they feel feel internally at that point you know um because that's when they're feeling amazing that's like the best version of themselves so on the back of that they then set themselves an inspirational goal and this is all in session one so we kind of do a lot of work in that first session and the inspirational goal is not that's not like a smart goal so they won't be saying right okay I want to be uh doing maybe say it's career related I, I want to be in this job earning this amount of money um you know uh, in this company it's more emotive than that. It's more about this is how I want to feel. This is the kind of person I want to be. This is the kind of life I want. It's that really top level stuff. And that becomes a bit like a North Arrow for all the other coaching that we then do, because it's really important that they know when they are feeling amazing, what does that feel like? Because then yeah. in terms of actions, let's line that up to that then. You know, we're not going to just, you're not going to set yourself goals and actions to do that just are a bit like, Nah, <laughs> I don't really feel that connected to. Also, like I guess getting clear on what things in your life make you feel this way and what things in your life are not aligned with that feeling. I think yeah. a lot of us don't check in with that because I think we have like this idea of this checklist of life, like these milestones that we're supposed to hit at a certain age, at a certain point in our lives, but we don't stop to think about does this feel good? Does hitting this milestone feel good for me in my life right now? Or do I need to lean into something that feels better that could give me an even bigger reward? Yeah, totally. And, and I really like when you just said there, you said, does this feel good for me? Because often what we do is we look um, to other people, social media and say, oh, well, they're doing that thing. That looks amazing. Yeah. I'll do that thing. Or they'd reach that goal. Therefore, I'll reach that goal. But actually, if it's not, if you're not emotionally connected to that, then why are you doing it? You know, like are you, are you're not. And also this is with the whole, you know, goal setting thing is that then 
you're going to set yourself things to do that you're probably not going to achieve because, you know, it doesn't make you feel good or it's not when you reach that place, you're not going to feel that passionate about it. So it is really important that there is that emotional connection, which is why that first coaching session, they kind of really get clear about that. And we sort of drill down on that. And then session two is about, okay, let's just go back. Where do you want to be? Where are you now? And how do we bridge that gap? You know, that's what this is all about. How do you move forwards then? So it's about at that point, then they're not necessarily going to know exactly how they're going to do it. But we start to kind of work with that together. So again, um, I get them to a bit of a brainstorm brain dump about all the different parts of their um, life that they want to somehow change in some way that they want to address that they want to create something new that is going to help them get to that point. And again, they, they probably don't have all the answers in session two, highly unlikely, you know. So it's about, OK, yeah, if I look at that thing, that part of my life, I think that's probably going to help me. And then between us, then we will start to figure out, OK, what exactly is it that you want to do then? You know, what do you think at this point? And again, it's that you only know what you know right now. You know, maybe if you get an email, have a conversation tomorrow and you'll know a bit more. But right here, right now, what do you know that that you think? would help you in terms of moving forwards with that thing. And then we drill right down into the specifics. And this is where the actions come in. Okay, so you said this is what you want to do. How are you going to do it? What exactly are you going to do and set yourself in terms of those first few steps between this session, next session? And then session three, four and five are really just carrying that process on. You know, we're looking at what's working, what's not working, um, what obstacles have come up and barriers and doors shut. Um, And all the time, the question that, that I'm sort of always conscious of or thinking about or asking is, is that thing that you're doing or want to do taking you closer to that place you want to be? Or is it taking you further away? Because what can sometimes happen, and I know this, and you probably know this too, is that a new opportunity comes up, presents itself. And it's a bit like that shiny object syndrome. You think, oh, that looks amazing. And jump on that thing. And then actually you dig down a bit and it's not really going to help you get to that place. In fact, it could even be taking you further away. I can so relate to that. <laughs> I think as well, it, it's it's even more difficult to be aware of that in the social media world. Because I mean, I feel like that was the big lesson that I had from my business in 2022, which is don't always jump at the shiny thing. Have the clear goal on where you want to go, whether it's in your personal life or your business life. Because when you have the clear goal and it's rooted in the feeling, as you've said, it's so much easier to check in with and to analyze this thing that's in front of you to to ask that question of is it going to bring me closer or is this just a distraction that might actually derail me on my journey to where I actually want to go or how I actually want to feel as well that's exactly it that's exactly it um and then to finish wrap it all up and again this session is always like you know in some ways I think people think oh this is just a bit of a kind of wrap-up session I would say, gosh, probably over half of my clients in the final session have more light bulb moments than they do in all the rest. We actually do a reflection piece. So we look back at where they started from, where they are then on that that day, you know, what they've what's worked out, what hasn't worked out, what they've learned about themselves on the emotional side of things too. And also what bits of toolkit have they now got, things that they know will work for them. So if they start to feel themselves getting derailed, they can bring themselves back on track. Um, And that can be incredibly powerful whenever you take that time. You know, we just lose sight of that, Mm -hmm. of how far you've come and actually what you've learned 
Um, and like you said, you know, that kind of thing for you, the shiny object thing for 2022. Well, you can then use that then for yes. 2023, you know, because it's what you've learned is so valuable and so important. But so people true. often forget that bit. Yeah, I think we're not very good at that as adults. I mean, that's one thing that I took away from my career as a teacher was you do that a lot when you work with students, when you work with small kids, that thing, like my my favorite thing to do at the end of the year when I worked with my students was like get out their books and get them to flick back to the first page. And usually it was like an aesthetic thing. So I work with small kids. So a lot of the time it was, wow, look, look at your handwriting there and look at it now. And to see that moment that they used to have, like, wow, I did so much. I am such a great human. It gives them so much more confidence than you telling them that. But we don't do that as adults. We don't, we're so focused on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing that we rarely stop to think, well, where was I one year ago or five years ago or how would that version of me feel if she or he or they saw what I'm doing with my life now? Because it might not be perfect, but would a former version of myself be impressed with the challenges that I've overcome and who I am as a person? And also maybe the answer to that question is no, because there's a lot of learning in that as well when you realize maybe I've lost track of where I want to go. Yeah, exactly. You're spot on. And I think, and also a little technique that I sometimes use with my clients is I say to them, okay, if you were to go back now to go and talk, have a conversation with you when we first start working together, you know, six months ago, whatever, what would you say? What advice would you give them? And it is the nuggets of gold at that point that come out is, you know, well, I would say, you know, um, don't be scared. Don't be worried. You'll be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Um, Just relax and do that. Trust your gut instinct on this. And of course, that's all incredibly helpful for themselves for moving forward. It's like, okay, so if I know that now, hindsight's a wonderful thing. What am I going to do with it? You know, what what advice can I give myself now based on that knowledge? It's like that age old saying of, you know, you're not going to sit on your deathbed and regret all the things you tried and failed at, but you will regret the things that you didn't try and that you've held on to. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. And then the other bit of the, the final session, which I think is also really valuable because the, the reflection piece is incredibly helpful and valuable, but we also do do a bit of looking forwards, you know, what next, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I get them before that session, actually, as a little bit of homework, I get them to write an affirmation. So that is um, essentially, it's a little, it's quite a fun thing to do, but they write um, a piece, which is about, it's for a year ahead. So say December, 2023, but they write it in the present tense, as in, I am doing this. I am, blah, blah. I know it's great. Oh, that's just a bit of me. I'm like, I'm getting tinglys thinking about that. I'm going to add that to my end of year to do Yes. <laughs> but it's really, it just, you can use your imagination then, you know, just to let it go wild really with that, like all the different things that you, but it, it is really important that tense thing, because it's rather than I would like to, mm-hmm. I hope to, you are actually saying no. I am doing that then, I am doing this. And there's something really powerful. And I asked them to read that out in that final session. And quite a lot of people get emotional because there's something like, I don't know, it must just touch us on a deeper level when you're saying, I am doing this thing. They're like, oh my word, do you think I could actually do that? You know, it's like they're putting it out there and saying it out loud, Um, but it is really powerful. And I love that bit. And then the other bit I get to do is like, it's to write a little mission statement um, for themselves. 
So that's normally, you know, short and sweet in, in essence. And that will be based on everything they've kind of learned about themselves. Um, and it's just sort of, and, and often they end up, you know, printing it out, having it somewhere they can see. And it's just a little reminder to themselves about, well, it could be anything. I mean, really, you know, sometimes it's just like a, just do it or don't forget to breathe or, you know, but sometimes it's really quite profound and means a lot to them. Um, so, yeah, so th- that bit, is always great too, is, is kind of the looking forwards, um, but not without, um, you know, not to sort of like, oh, good luck, hope it all goes well. You know, it's actually, it's got a bit more structure to it. And you can see the results of what it did for you and yeah. what it could do for you if you continue that practice of checking in with those feelings, reflecting. It's kind of, yeah. I must be like, just like setting them free. It's like, you can do it now. We've dug in, yeah. we found those tools. And I think like, that's where the power of not giving them the answers is because you can say to them, then it's like, I didn't give you this advice. I didn't give you these solutions. You came up with them yourself, mm-hmm. which means sure, this is our final session, but you still have all of that in you and you can keep coming up with great ideas. Totally, totally. And that's the bit where the toolkit is that exactly that. So that if, you know, they start to have that self-doubt creep in. It's what have they got then that they can remind themselves, oh yeah, that thing that I did in, in that coaching session, that was really helpful, you know, and, th- and that they can draw on some of that too. Um, but yeah, actually, that's exactly what I do, Laura, in that final session, I would say to them, you know, we kind of have that, you know, they often say, oh, thank you, this has been great, blah, blah. And I said, well, don't forget, you know, I've asked you the questions, but you've done the hard work. You know, you've come up with the answers. Because um, it is really, you know, that's what makes this, um well, that was obviously is a sort of is a really privileged position to be in, to be someone's coach, you know, and to watch them grow and develop. Um, and I will reflect some of that back to them as, you know, what I've seen as well, because that can be helpful is, you know, do you remember when you first came and you were saying things like this? But look at you now, you're saying things like this, you know, but then also that sort of empowerment that, you know, you've helped them to get is that, OK, I can do this, you know, yeah. I, you know, if I'm faced with this situation again, I know exactly how I'm going to approach it now moving forwards. It must be an incredibly rewarding position to be in, especially, I mean, your background is in education as well. I mean, we have that in common. That was my favorite thing about teaching. I mean, it's not all the admin (laughs) and all of the top down pressure. No, thank you. But it was that human bond that you create when you get the privilege of being a part of someone's learning journey and it must be so rewarding especially because a lot of adults don't think that they can continue that learning journey or they've given up on their own potential to keep learning and to keep growing so to get to be a part of that spark again it just I mean I'm getting (laughs) I'm getting butterflies just watching you talk about it because you, I can see that you're really passionate about it. Yeah. Is there a particular moment in your career as a coach so far that really stands out, a, a p- particular win or some growth that you saw that really just like solidified this is what you're meant to be doing? This is something that's really worth doing. I think every coaching session, there is something that you that is just I I just think there is nothing like more there's nothing more special than as you said working alongside another human and them opening up to you and then by the end you seeing some kind of change or growth or development or you know something I mean obviously you know people can get emotional sessions not all not everybody and not all the time 
but again it's just you're holding that space for them Mm -hmm. you know it's it's you're not telling them what to do and some people have never had that space held for them either or believe that they're worthy of having that space held exactly exactly and I think that sometimes almost can be overwhelming itself is you're saying I am literally here and all I'm doing is listening to you and that is so anybody can do that in any part of their life but we we just don't do it And, and I have to say that as a coach that's been one of the hardest lessons I've learned myself is getting out of my own head, you know, when I'm mm-hmm. in a coach session, because I think it must be again, an innate human thing is we want to fix people, we want to solve them, we want to sort them out, we want to yes. help them. And actually, the best thing you can do is just sort of show up for someone. Obviously, you have, it's not quite the same as say something like, I don't know, like the Samaritans, where you're just listening, and you're not obviously, you know, coaching is not like that. But there it is, it's active listening, you know, you're, and reflecting back so that that is really just so amazing every time so those are highlights you know um but I think one thing that I do remember that, that sticks out and this is probably gosh this must be about three four months ago now I had an email out of the blue from a client that I had been working with well probably actually over a year before then and I you know because I, I do a kind of whole finisher I do a check-in with them etc and then they can always come back into coaching we talk about other different things they can do but they don't have to so quite often clients then they just go about their merry way and I don't hear from them again but this one she emailed me and she said I just want to let you know that today um we've just signed um for a house she said but also she said it made me um realize that everything in my affirmation has now come true and I've now done and so and she went through all the different things and I was like, oh, my word, because it was out wow. of the blue. I wasn't expecting. And it was like, wow, you know, I was just so I was so happy for her because some of the things that like affirmation, I know when she wrote them, she didn't. She thought, gosh, that's going to be a long shot. You know, is that ever going to come yeah. true? But, you know, to hit that and, for, and for her also to get back in touch to tell me because she could have just thought that herself and then and carried on. Yeah, but she actually took the time to email me to let me know. And I was absolutely delighted. So that was definitely a little highlight moment, I think. (laughs) That's amazing. Because the other thing that's a win there is that you taught someone to celebrate their wins because we do live in a hustle culture, a very fast paced world. As I already said, so many of us are focused on the next thing that we don't pause and celebrate those big wins that we've probably been working on for a year or two years or five years. And the fact that she wrote to you shows that she's still very much like using those tools and she is being mindful and being present and celebrating the fact that she has completed her affirmation and now she gets to write a new one yeah exactly well that's the other thing actually it's often because I'll ask them after they've done the affirmation what do you want to do with it now and um, some of them say, well, they're going to put a note in their diary and they're going to go back and look at it or they might. Uh, and then they might do exactly what you said is write a new one for another year's time. And then somebody came up with a really great little um, uh, idea, which I've then suggested to other people is they said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to se- I'm going to send this to myself as an email, but I'm going to put a delay on it for a year's time. So it will arrive in my inbox in a year's time. And then I'll be able to just see it out of the boot. I was like, that is a genius idea. That is such a good idea. Because something that I say to a lot of people about like journaling is, you know, write a letter to a past version of yourself or a future version of yourself that 
writing an email to a future version of yourself and then like scheduling it to send. So you're more than likely going to forget about it. And then out of the blue, you get to have that conversation with yourself. Yeah. That is so powerful. I, I'm going to, I'm going to do that after, yeah. after this interview, I am definitely going to write myself an email. What a, yeah. a, what a great thing to do as well. Like at that transition of the year, which is a great segue as well for my next question, because you've mentioned about getting clear on goals. So what does it mean for people who maybe have already written their new year's resolutions and are now at that point midway through January where they're panicking because they haven't already completed their new year's resolution? How can we set goals that we have I guess, a higher success rate for because of the fact that we've got clear on the goal first? And what does it mean to get clarity on a goal before you set that goal? I would say the the biggest way to succeed in terms of goals and achieving things that you really want to is it's very similar to what I do coaching and what I was talking about. You need to be emotionally connected. So The first, so what I would do if I was sort of setting goals and particularly if someone has already done this is maybe just, you can do this as kind of like, okay, I'm just going to take a little pause on the goals I set already and do a bit of reality check. Okay, what is going on for me right now? How am I feeling about these things? Which of these goals that I've written, am I just totally put off by? And I'm looking at thinking, oh, I don't even want to do that thing. You know, never mind, achieve that thing. So have a bit of reality check. But then put a pause on it and almost do that zoom out piece where it's okay. I'm not even going to think about what these goals are, but how do I want to feel in 12 months time? You know, when I'm feeling amazing, what does that actually feel like? You know, what does it feel like in terms of my emotions, in terms of how I feel it in my body physically? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we, you know what that feels like when you've achieved something and, and everything's going great, everything's lining up feels amazing but actually to verbalize that so maybe write it down maybe um even articulate it in a little voice note to yourself whatever you want to do but just get really clear about that for yourself you know when I feel amazing and everything's lined up and everything's great what is that like and then once you know that then you can start to set your goals because you can then look at the goals you've already set yourself and look at them and think which of those is going to help me feel like that version of myself want to feel if it doesn't take it off because why are you even doing it you know <laughs> or can you somehow ch- change it in some way so that that will help you feel in a certain way and maybe there's some things on there that you've not even put on that list which are definitely going to help and you've maybe ruled them out because oh that's a bit whimsical or that's never going to happen but actually if you know that there's something that is going to help you feel the way you want to feel then put that on But the other thing is, I think goals can change. So be a bit flexible with them, you know, because and this happens all the time is you do start out saying, right, I'm going to do that thing. But then something might happen that you don't know about. And it, you know what? Okay, I can't I can no longer do that thing or something's happened, which means that it's no longer relevant in my life. So therefore, you know, just be a bit flexible with that. What else could I do that could help me become that future version of self in terms of that feeling? Um, So I think really it's like it's so important because people often go right to the they almost go to the kind of end of the process as I'm just going to set some things to do and then then they just start and and but if you're not emotionally connected and you haven't done that whole piece to begin with 
then you're just not going to achieve them. I mean, you might do. But it will probably be sheer luck. Because yeah, that or, or it's else, really hard work. Yeah, I mean, if it's just like you're not doing, it's like that saying of nobody gets to skip the work. So you've got to really be clear on what you want and why you want it. Because if you want to get there, there is going to be work in between. Um, and I think yeah. you made a really good point there about figuring out how you're going to check in with it. Because I mean, a couple of years ago, I stopped doing broad New Year's resolutions. I still do an end of year reflection and an end of year kind of inspiration session. But I found that with New Year's resolutions, I would set them in January. And then usually they were health and food related because that's what media was like bombarding me with. And I would have this month where I would just be miserable because I would be exercising way too much and eating not enough. And then I would get to the end of January and I feel like so unaccomplished because the goals I'd set were not in line with actually how I wanted to feel in life. In fact, they were having the opposite effect on me completely. (laughs) So what I try to do now is I set a monthly goal. So usually that's one habit or routine I'd like to add to my life and one habit or routine I'd like to improve or remove. And it takes away that kind of just setting that broad goal and then feeling miserable because you don't know how to do it and feel good because instead I'm leaning into what do I need in my life right now to feel good and also what's not making me feel good and how can I fix that? Maybe it's something I need to remove or maybe it's something I need to improve. And and then checking in with that in shorter periods of time because that analyzing of whether or not this goal still aligns with me is really important. You know, a couple of months ago, I was like, I'm going to give up chocolate. And then at the end of the month, I was like, I like chocolate too much. And this didn't do anything for me except make me want to eat other sweet things in higher quantities because I didn't have that chocolate. But it's like that trial and error thing though as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like how you you talk about that, about, you know, with you sort of checking in on a regular basis. And I think that's really important that you're breaking these things. Once you know okay, these are these are probably going to be the things that are going to help me get to that place I want to get to that person I want to be or that life that I want or how I feel, that's the, the essential bit. Then it's like, okay, well, you know, well, what do I actually need to do in terms of, because, you know, just saying, right, I want to lose two stone. Okay, great. You know, but what, what does that actually mean in, in practical terms? What does that mean today? You know, never mind this week, this month, et cetera. So breaking it right down into really small micro chunks is really important. Um, And it might be, you know, sort of down to micro level of, okay, today I'm going to send two emails and have, um, you know, one uh, phone call, for example. And that's that's the kind of level that you want to try and get down to. Mm -hmm. Because, again, if it's just, you know, finish that project, you know, sometimes that's too much, you know, so really chunking it right down. And then, like you said, doing check in and I try and put in my diary a kind of um you know be your own sort of CEO of your life either a day or a half a day or once a quarter whatever it is that's relevant for you I saw a really good way of remembering that it was um to once a month on the date that is your birthday so I'm the 22nd of July but the 22nd of every month to have a self check-in day or a self admin day and because it's the date that your birthday is it's easy to remember and you already mark that one so it's like if you struggle with that that's a fun way to to do it that every month on that day you're one month older and you know what are you going to do for yourself that day and how are you going to check in with yourself yeah that's a really I like that one I'm going to remember that one 
Um, I think the other thing that is always really helpful is the accountability buddy. So, you know, having someone and someone who is not uh, someone who I'd say is non-judgmental, <laughs> someone who's um, just there literally so that you can tell them, OK, this is what I'm planning to do. I want to do this by this day. I want to have achieved that by that. That can be really helpful so that you can actually have check ins regularly with them as well. Now, it's not for everyone. It's not for every goal. But actually, I think even just knowing sometimes that you've got somebody who you've told okay I'm going to do this thing by this date Mm -hmm. that can be really helpful um the other thing that I that I find particularly when we are starting off the process of in terms of goals is setting those first few actions as being so easy that you can like fall over them you know so it's just you know almost that you know sometimes how you write a to-do list and you've already done those things so you can just tick them off (laughs) I do when I have a bad day I do a to-done list so I, <laughs> so I instead, if I get upset about the fact that my to-do list doesn't have enough ticks, I do a to-done list of all the stuff I've already done, just so I can show myself <laughs> you have done something. It might not have been what was on your to-do list originally, but it it, it does yeah. give you that like rush of feel-good feelings at seeing your own success. It's like that proof it's possible. I can do things and succeed. Yeah, totally, totally. I love that to done this. And, and well, it's similar to that in that, you know, just things that are so easy to tick off. So you have a quick win, you know, on day one, for example. Um, and the other thing is to, of course, put in little rewards for yourself along the way. So mm-hmm. it's not just that kind of final end thing. But, you know, when I achieve that, that thing or at the end of this week or whatever it is, um, you know, give yourself something to look forward to as well. I love that. So you've you've given us a lot of tips on how to get clear on our goals and also that really important thing of action steps, giving yourself Mm -hmm. a clear plan on not just setting this broad goal, but then breaking that goal down maybe into what you can do each month and then that monthly goal into what you could do each week and then even down as far as what's that teeny tiny thing that you can do today to move yourself one step further. But obviously we know when it comes to goal settings or changing our lives if we're starting with that point of feeling I don't want to feel how I felt last year I want to feel different in 12 months time we are going to hit those moments on the journey towards that goal where something isn't going to work and that's where that resilience thing comes in that we've talked about that a lot of people I think are struggling with So what advice would you give to someone when that failure moment happens? Because they will happen. What happens Mm. when we don't hit that success moment, when we don't have that win, when we fall off the wagon or we slip back into old habits? How can we help ourselves in that moment so that we don't lose track of, of where we're going? Well, the first thing I think is the word failure is not very helpful. So if we just think of it as being, it's just a form of communication. Something didn't go right and it well, didn't go according to the plan that I originally had. That's okay. You know, it, it's giving us a whole heap of information we can use for what we do with next. So it's important that we kind of actually spend some time unpicking it a bit Um and, and I think there was a, um, an actual coach that um, that I saw previously. She always had this little golden nugget where she would say, um, where's the gift in that? So it would be oh, yeah. when something goes wrong, there will always be something that comes out of it that is a gift, that is a positive thing. You might just have to look a bit harder to find it, but it will be there. And I think it's always important to do that. 
So I, you know, in terms of, of failures, and obviously this is, I'm, I'm saying this to you, I need to take this on board myself. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm asking you this question for advice, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at that. I am very much, like I say I'm a perfectionist and people play, please are in recovery. It is almost like an addiction. And that when things go well consecutively, that thing that doesn't go well is definitely difficult to process. I'm really lucky that I have a partner who keeps me grounded and who will serve me my own advice from my own Instagram page regularly. Um, But it's still that like how, as you say, like you've got to, first of all, you've got to process the feelings and, and, and let yourself feel the feels and cry the cries if you need to. Um, But it's, it's like a, another coach that I spoke to once it, she used to say, well, like, it's, it's okay not to feel okay, but then brush yourself off. And what are you going to do with it? As you say, there yeah. is a nugget in it. And that's sometimes a hard pill to swallow when it is something in our life where it's difficult. And I, I know that there's probably a lot of people who are coming off of difficult years in 2022. Mm-hmm. It's not about saying that that thing that made your life difficult, that you should be like grateful for that pain, but rather about seeing either how you can grow from it or what you can Mm. learn from it. And also sometimes about what it teaches you about the other people in your life or what's Mm. not working in your life. And what can you do with that information, as you said? Yeah, totally, totally. And I think the other thing is we often, we know what to do next. It's just that we're, again, we're stuck in that feeling of this has not gone well. And you, you kind of can't get yourself out of that. So it can be helpful sometimes. Another little sort of tip is to, you can do that whole, what would a trusted friend say? So if I, this, you know, a, a, some kind of um, really good friend that I have, again, who's non-judgmental, if they came to me and said, do you know what, I've totally messed up. This has gone completely wrong. I've failed at blah, blah, blah. What would I say to them? And you, you know, you always then it's like, well, I'll probably say, don't worry, you haven't really failed what about doing this, this and this? And of course, so that knowledge is coming from yourself. You know, it's just that you're just viewing it in a slightly different way of, okay, you're almost able to get outside of yourself and outside of your own head. And zoom out as well. Like we're in that moment, all we see is the problem. But if you keep looking at the problem, then you might not see the solution that's just hanging over it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I think it's about reconnecting with, okay, so how do I want to feel when I do succeed at that thing? Um, and maybe what different way could I then approach this? And But also at that point then, is there a better way of tackling it? Do I need to maybe change tack with this together or together in a different way? Because actually this is not, you know, I've tried this and you know what, it didn't work. And it's back to that quote, one of Brené Brown's books, Daring Greatly. Have you have you heard that quote? The no, Daring I haven't. Greatly quote from Roosevelt? Oh my word. That might amazing. be another one I need to add to my yeah, Google that, Google <laughs> Daring Greatly Roosevelt because it's like a sort of piece that he wrote about a gladiator being in the um, in the ring. And, you know, they basically, it's about, about that, um, putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and as she calls it, daring greatly. Um, that is what it's all about, you know? And if you, uh, it's, and it's about how you then, exactly that word you use for resilience, you know, how you then move forward from this. But I think there is also, you, the bit you said before was really important is, you know, you do actually need to feel a bit rubbish to begin with as well. Let yourself have a good cry and a bit of a mope and a bit of a whinge and, you know, and 
you know, or just sort of just feel those feels, you know, like, yeah. oh my word, that feels rubbish. I can't believe that's happened. Because it's telling you something, as you said, it's all about the information that you're getting. It's not comfortable to feel that way. But also if we push past that uncomfortable feeling, then we don't get to learn what it's teaching us. It's yeah. the same as like, that's something that I've had to really lean into with my anxiety. It's like, when is my anxiety like actually giving me useful information? And when is it just me going into default mode because I don't want to leave my comfort zone? And it's the same with that, like when things don't work and we feel uncomfortable about it, there's this tendency for us to pull back because we don't want to feel the uncomfortable feeling. And then we also don't want to try the thing that we just had like a little growth moment or um, my partner and I call them character building days so rather than a bad day when you have that character building day and I think that's a Les Les Brown quote okay but um, it's like you don't you don't want to feel the bad feeling and then you also sometimes don't want to go back and try but it's like you've got to get back on the horse you've got to feel the feeling so you can decide is it worth me going and trying again because this is something I still really want or is this bad feeling feeling the way it is? Because actually, as you said, I need to look at this from a completely different perspective and try something new because it's not working for me. Exactly, exactly that. And and also it's remembering some of those times in the past, you know, when you felt really wretched and things hadn't worked out, you know, you didn't stay feeling that awful forever. You know, these emotions and feelings, they come, they go. Um, so, and, and you, and then- you know, what happened after that? And what successes did you have after that? So I think sometimes almost using your own life as a bit of evidence to give you a bit of a boost at that moment can be really helpful as well. That's so true. That's so true. No feeling lasts forever. They come in, come in waves, let the wave pass and then move on to the next wave. Well, thank you for sharing so much knowledge on goal setting, but also on self-compassion as well. I feel like that's something that's come out a lot in this conversation that you have the power to help people unlock is that self-compassion holding space for themselves because someone else is holding space for them. If people want to find out more about your work and maybe even inquire about doing a coaching session with you and doing a discovery, where can they find you? Yeah, so my website is probably the easiest place to go to. So that's um, lojcoaching.com. And then obviously I'm on Instagram, so I'm um Laura Ogilvy Jones I think just all one word and uh LinkedIn as well Facebook you know all the usual places um but probably the website is the, is the one where there's probably the most information and there's also an inquiry form there so you know if someone was interested and they just want to have and that initial call is always you know free just a free chat then uh, yeah get in touch well I'll put your all of your details in the the show notes I would highly recommend that people check out your Instagram because I love that you do little check-ins on your stories and little challenges as well on your feed. And I think that's really great for people who are not getting that clarity um, and having those like questions and prompts from you to give them a little bit of extra inspiration in the new year. Do you have any challenges or anything coming up that people can look out for in 2023? Yeah, so I've got a coaching offer in January. So that will be going up. Um, And then in February, um, I am going to be running um, a free webinar for people. So Mm. look out for that one. Uh, And then, yes, there's lots of plans for the rest of the year as well. But those are the kind of two coming up. 
So we'll look out for the webinar and then we'll keep our eyes peeled for all of that other exciting stuff we've got planned for the rest of the year. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you're feeling excited about setting goals with clarity and adding a little bit more purpose and joy to your year. If you want to find out more about Laura and her work as a life coach, I've put all of her links and details in the show notes. Don't forget if you're enjoying season two to leave us a review and let us know what you thought of this episode and the season so far. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to hear how your goal setting journey is going this month. So be sure to send me a DM on at fill up your cup pod and let me know what you've been thinking of this season or if you've set any big dream goals based on the last couple of episodes. Remember to ease into your year, show yourself bucket loads of self-compassion and patience and to take this journey one day at a time. If you made it to the end of this episode, I want you to take a moment right now and remember that you are worthy of feel-good feelings. If you enjoyed today's episode, let me know by leaving a review or rating this episode wherever you like to listen to your podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast streaming app so that you never miss out on new episodes. If you want to submit a question or a story for a future episode or add to our suggestion cup, you can do so by heading on over to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast or by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also reach out to me by finding the podcast on Instagram as at fillupyourcuppod and you can send me a DM with your questions, stories, or ideas for the show. Don't forget, you can't pour from an empty cup. So give yourself a big hug from me right now and promise me you'll do one thing today that brings you joy.